hello, everyone. Welcome today. Amanda Grace here. So excited to be with you because today is the start of Rosh Hashanah. Happy New Year. Lashana Tovah to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there. We celebrate entering the year 5784 with you, the year of doors opening, especially the prison doors for Joseph. And we just celebrate this with you. I'm going to open up in prayer. We're going to do a few things for Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to make a few announcements. And we have an explosive jam-packed time together today. All glory be to God. The birds are out. The doors are locked. The birds are out, obviously, because Missy knows how to break in. So we have the doors locked. The birds are out. We have some new additions to the sanctuary we will be sharing with you as well. So let's just open up in prayer first, and then we will get into everything we have for today. So Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, we come before you. We praise you. You are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise Do your precious, holy, perfect name. We humble ourselves before you this day, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, your power become more in our lives. We acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He willingly died at Calvary, purchased us by the shedding of his blood, that blood dripped onto the mercy seat purchased us back to our father and ever redeemed us, set us free, made an open show and spectacle of the enemy before all of creation. We praise you, Lord. He rose again in three days. Yeshua did, ascended back into heaven, took his victorious rightful place at the right hand of the Father, where he rules and reigns forevermore and is the advocate for us before the throne of Almighty God. And we honor that before you this day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we invite your presence, the presence of Ruach Elohim, the spirit of the living God, and the presence of the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, to fill this place, Father, that the weight of your glory would fall and saturate the atmosphere, that the power of your presence would mightily move, that you would lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, my power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of Almighty God with authority now come forth, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, every plot, scheme, contract, assignment, weaponry, blueprint, attack, strategy of the enemy, satanic agents, dark forces, unclean spirits, puppets of the enemy, weak, willing vessels, and the like. We command in the name of Jesus Christ right now, they be broken, canceled, aborted, destroyed, dismantled, disabled, thwarted, disrupted, blocked, nullified, voided, their communication lines disrupted and confused, bound up and cast back to the dry places, pits, and areas you have designated, Father, to be bound there in the name of Jesus Christ and not return or have anything sent in its place. Lord, take all the glory for yourself. You are the Father. You are the potter. We are merely the clay. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Father God. Father, we praise you today, Father God, for the Feast of Trumpets, Lord, ushering in the new year on the Hebrew calendar, Father God. We praise you for that appointed time that is now happening in the earth. We give you all the glory today in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. We're going to do a couple of things for Rosh Hashanah, and then I'm going to do a couple of announcements we have, and we're going to get right into what we have for today. So, there are two things, Rosh Hashanah. Blow the shofar, which I have. This one is from Israel. I purchased it when I was in Israel. 
Uh, and so it's very special. This is the one I wanted to have at Las Vegas. I couldn't find because it was ha it happened to be moved somewhere else. But praise God, I found it and I have it. And we're also going to dip apples in honey to represent a sweet new year. So I'm going to stand up for this so it projects well um, into the microphone. But we're going to blow the shofar uh, as a as a uh, you know as a celebration of I'm going to put the to lead on of a, a wonderful new year. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It took me a moment, but we got it. So praise the Lord. We blow the shofar. I was blowing it quite a bit before the beginning of the broadcast uh, in order to get ready. So praise the Lord. I could probably do it sitting down too if I try. <laughs> I'm going to blow it at sundown too over our home. And the next thing that they do is they dip apples in honey and they, this is raw honey and they eat it to signify a sweet new year. So Lashana Tova to our Jewish brothers and sisters, a sweet new year to all of you. So good. Apples and honey are delicious. So, let me put this to the side. Honey is a little sticky, so it takes a minute to chew it and process it once you eat it. But there we go. So, there we go. It does. Especially raw honey is very sticky so when you eat it and it coats your throat it takes a minute for you to like chew it and process it so you can talk normally again but praise god a sweet new year to all of you and happy feast of trumpets happy rosh hashanah very excited to enter the year 5784 you're gonna laugh i brought my lipstick to put back on because it is very difficult to blow the shofar with lipstick on so I'm just reapplying real quick as we go forth here today. So we have a few announcements to make that are amazing. I think you're going to be very excited about some of this. So first of all, this coming Monday, Jonathan Kahn, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is going to be with us to discuss the Josiah Manifesto. This book is fascinating. I'm uh, over 50 pages in and it is amazing. And we're going to have an amazing prophetic 
time together. So mark your calendars. We will announce it. It is going to be on Monday. Secondly, we have the Israel trip coming up. May 1st to the 10th, 2024. This is the Pentecost tour. We're going to be in Israel on Pentecost. And so we're actually going to be doing a service. Dr. Ronnie Wexler is going to be joining us. I believe Doobie, who was the Clements tour guide, is going to be joining us as well. So you can register now for that trip. I, I, we're going to have an amazing time together in Israel. God willing, we're going to have an amazing time together. Also, we have something very exciting coming up November 4th. We have a gala for the animal sanctuary that we are going to be doing. This is very exciting. We are building in the process of building the new sanctuary. And so if you go to arcofgrace.org forward slash events, you can sign up for that. We do have uh, limited seats available for this, but it is going to be November 4th. We are going to be joined by some of the animals of the ark at the gala. So we're going to have some special guests there. As you can see, we got Molly, Grace, Cyrus, and Missy who will be attending. So you can meet them in person that day. Uh, and we will be there. Chris and I will be there. Our team will be there. The birds are out. I'm just public service announcement. The birds are out right now. So you may see them come in uh, and fly around. Chet is so excited because Chet... Something incredible has happened. Chet has a girlfriend. Chet is growing up, everyone. And there she is. This is one of our newest additions that came yesterday to the sanctuary. We are actually having a naming contest for her that you could take part in. So I'm going to give you the three names that we have narrowed it down to. And you can put it in the chat or you can email us at hello at arcofgrace-ministries.com. And so the three names are Penelope, Cleo, or Sophie. Penelope, Cleo, or Sophie. So this is a naming contest. Uh, we will come up with something for the winner. Maybe we could send them a little Ark of Grace gift pack or something like that. But yes, there is a naming contest to name her. She came yesterday. She actually is missing some toes. And that's one of the reasons she came. She was in an abuse situation. Another rescue took her. They asked if we would take her. Uh, and so Chet and her are getting along beautifully. Actually, they're in the getting to know you phase. And it's going very well. Grace, don't mind her. Little Sunny the Sparrow, don't mind her. Everything's good. Also, we had another come yesterday. Now, this is a very special case. So pray for this little bird. But this is a little parakeet that is actually fighting a tumor. So you can actually see the tumor um, on the parakeet. And the reason the parakeet was sent to us is because we have the means to actually help and get avian vets here to intervene. So please pray for this little parakeet. Um, he is in a very large cage, actually. This is a close-up picture of him, actually. But he's in a very large cage with us here now. He's got about five other parakeet budgie friends in there with him. And he is actually making friends in there. So he, praise God, he's doing well. He needs prayer. The avian vet is coming to see him. Uh, and so we will uh, keep you posted on his 
progress or her progress as well. We are going to think of a name also for this, for this sweet little bird that has come to us in a very special circumstance. So that is what we have. I know that's a lot, but that's what we have for today as far as letting you know about upcoming events and things of that nature and goings on at the sanctuary. So now we're going to get into some stuff here. Oh my goodness, are we going to get into some stuff. So some of this is probably going to tie into the Jonathan Kahn interview. Uh, and so it, it, it's just fascinating. And so let me get all this up. There's quite a few pages of notes we have to get through here. Let me see here. Here it is. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I get this up because we have to begin back at Naboth's Vineyard to build this. So this is like a continuation. This is a word. This is, is pointing out times and season and these amazing appointed times that are coming up. But we have to go back to Naboth's Vineyard and start there and build the case. So 1 Kings 21, Naboth's Vineyard. And I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 11 again, actually, uh, to refresh everybody. I'll probably go as far um, as going to verse, um, about verse 20 or so, just to give you the whole picture once again of this incident with Naboth's vineyard that we find in 1 Kings chapter 21. Now it came about after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab spoke to Naboth saying, give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is close beside my house and I will give you a better vineyard than it in its place. If you like, I will give you the price of it in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid me that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So Ahab came into his house sullen and vexed because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned his face and ate no food. Basically, he was pouting. He was a spoiled brat right now that could have had any other vineyard. And this one was being targeted. And now he's pouting. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, how is it that your spirit's so sullen that you are not eating food? So he said to her, because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, give me your vineyard for money, or else if it pleases you, I will give you a vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel, his wife, said to him, do you now reign over Israel? Arise, eat bread and let your heart be joyful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name. She committed fraud. She wrote letters acting as if she was the king and she was not the king and sealed them with his seal and sent letters to the elders and to the nobles who were living with Naboth in his city. Now she wrote in the letters saying, proclaim a fast and seat Naboth at the head of the people and seat two worthless men before him and let them testify against him. What does this mean? See two men that could be bought by money to lie and bear false witness. That's what that verse means. Saying you curse God and the king, then take him out and stone him to death. So the men 
of the of his city, the elders and the nobles who lived in his city did as Jezebel had said to, had sent word to them. Just it was written was written in the letters which he had sent them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth at the head of the people. Then the two worthless men came in and sat before him, and the worthless men testified against him, even against Naboth before the people, saying, "Naboth cursed God and the king." So they took him outside, and the city. Uh, they took him outside the city and stoned him to death with stones. Then they sent word to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. Verse 15, when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money. Now, they stole that vineyard because technically it would have gone to, according to the law of God, Naboth's kin, next of kin. They stole it. For Naboth is not alive but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Then the word of the Lord came to Elisha the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who is in Samaria, Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where the dogs lift up the blood of Naboth, the dogs will lick up your blood, even yours. Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon you and will utterly sweep you away and will cut off from Ahab every male, both bond and free in Israel. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger and because you have made Israel sin. Of Jezebel also has the Lord spoken, saying, The dogs will eat Jezebel in the district of Jezreel. The one belonging to Ahab who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And the one who dies in the field, the birds of heaven will eat. Verse 25. Surely there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, incited him. He acted very abominably in the following idols, according to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord cast out before the sons of Israel. So basically then Ahab hears this, gets scared, puts on sackcloth, humbles himself before the Lord, and the Lord shows a slight amount of mercy to Ahab. So... Naboth was doing the right thing by saying, I'm not going to give you the land of my fathers. According to the law of God, that could not be given to just anybody. And since Ahab served Baal, certainly not could Naboth take part in an agreement, in a transaction with those that have shed blood for Baal. In Leviticus 25, 23, it says the land must not be sold permanently. God had commanded that a family's inheritance not be sold. And no inheritance in Israel is to pass from one tribe to another. For every Israelite shall keep the tribal inheritance of their 
ancestors. So Naboth is simply following the law here. And for following the law of God, he gets persecuted by a king that has totally forsaken God and gone after the Baals. Now, in the last broadcast, we talked about how Hawaii is like a picture of Naboth's vineyard uh, and that they had alleged that realtors are swooping in like vultures. Interesting, because it talks about the birds of heaven shall eat their carcass. Remember, we just read that verse, how the birds of heaven will eat the carcasses. The dogs will look up the blood. The birds of heaven will eat their carcasses. And it says vultures have arrived. Women alleges realtors are luring families to sell off land after Maui wildfires. And they're trying to say it is not for sale. So we had gone through that in the last broadcast. And we had gone through. Now we have to set the stage here. This is why I'm recapping this. That on July 11th, 2022, there was a word from the Lord and it said, however, Hawaii is out of alignment and has been for some time. Now, why? We're going to get into that. And has an Obama secretly doing business there still and secretly using bases and control centers to meet with those who are of a world economic status to plot and scheme as they utilize the false gods to help do their bidding. Now. Why is the Lord saying Hawaii has been out of alignment for some time? Because it has been 53 years since Hawaii House of Representatives passed its abortion bill, February 20th of 1970. This is why the Lord was saying back then, Hawaii has been out of alignment for some time because they were one of the first to pass the abortion bill. New York followed suit, okay? So it's been 53 years since Hawaii, the House of Representatives, passed its abortion bill. Now, Psalm 53, this is what Psalm 53 says. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and have committed abominable injustice. There is no one who does good. God has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there is anyone who understands, who seeks after God. Every one of them has turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Have the workers of wickedness no knowledge who eat up my people as though they ate bread and have not called upon God? There they were in great fear where no fear had been. For God scattered the bones of him who encamped against you. You put them to shame because God had rejected them. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion when God restores his captive people. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. I found that interesting that that's Psalm 53 and it's 53 years. So in the 53rd year since they passed the abortion bill, this happened. I don't think that is necessarily a coincidence because I don't know if they ever repented of that. Now, what happens after Naboth's vineyard? This is where we're getting now into everything else because we had to set the preface. We had to set the precedent first again with Naboth's vineyard. A Jehu comes on the scene. You hear the whistling? 
going on? They're talking to each other. So when Naboth, uh, after Naboth is, do you hear this? Uh, what happens? Jehu comes on the scene to fulfill the prophecy spoken by Elisha the, Tifs, to the Tishbite against the house of Ahab and Jezebel. Jehu is anointed and he comes on the scene and he's a little bit of a wild man, Jehu. And this is probably why he was anointed to do this task. They're very excited about this. So, 53 years ago. They're talking to each other. Chet and the new cockatiel that we took in are literally like having a conversation in the middle of this teaching. So what happens is that we have this 53-year mark that this happens. The president 53 years ago, I so I was led to look up who was the president 53 years ago. So when Hawaii does this, passes the abortion bill, the president was Richard Nixon. It's going to get even more interesting here. The Watergate scandal, okay, that was such a major political scandal in the United States involving the administration of Richard Nixon from 1972 to 1974 that led to his resignation. 1974, Watergate, Nixon resigns. 50 years from Watergate and that resignation would bring us to 2024 the year of the election. So the 50-year marker, the jubilee for Watergate is bringing us into 2024. You can't make this stuff up. And so interestingly enough, what happens from this, so it was on August 9th, 1974. Do you believe this? They've all of a sudden decided to start a concerto in the middle of this. August, I might have to shut the door for a moment because they're being so loud. You could probably hear them like really just belting it out right now. Um, on August 9th, 1974, so facing likely impeachment, Nixon becomes the only U.S. president to resign up, up until that point. So the Watergate incident involved wiretapping, breaking in, um, had been financed through illegally laundered campaign contributions. Um, and in a blockbuster October 10th front page article that the Watergate bugging incident stemmed from a massive campaign of political spying and sabotage conducted on behalf. Now, this is what this claims. Conducted on behalf of President Nixon's re-election. And so we have the important thing to focus on with this is wiretapping, political spying, and sabotage. Now, does this sound familiar at all? Because all of this had been done to President Trump over a stretch of time leading into a crescendo of trials 
that are supposed to take place in 2024 after the indictments have now come down in 2023, where they are trying to accuse him in ways of the very things the DNC, the sold out Republicans, the Obamas, the Bidens, past other past presidents, and the corrupt administrations of theirs did. The wiretapping, the sabotage, the political spying, all of it, they partook of those delicate dainties which are deceit and did this when it came to President Trump. So 50 years, 50 years, Watergate, the judgment of it must come. 50 years, the Jubilee must bring justice and release. The captives must be released. There must be justice. The 50 years of that is 2024 when the election is. Also, the amount of evidence growing against the Biden administration and now in adding to it on top of it, an impeachment inquiry of Biden just occurred in the House. So this came through. This is from AP News. Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced Tuesday he is directing the U.S. House to open an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden over his family's business dealings, launching historic proceedings, launching historic proceedings ahead of the 2024 election. McCarthy said that House investigations so far paint a picture of a culture of corruption around the Biden family as Republicans probe the business dealings of the president's son, Hunter Biden, from before the Democratic, from before the Democratic president took office. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. Interesting because there were similar allegations in Watergate. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. There he is. McCarthy, uh, Republican from California, said at the Capitol announcement he was directing the House, led by the Oversight Committee, to open a formal impeachment inquiry. I have to shut the door because they are having such a blast right now in, in, in their little new friendship. Oh, my. Oh, it's her. She's on top of the door. Okay. Let me get her off the top of the door, our new little friend here, and we will continue this. I'll shut the door so they can still fly around in there, but we can have uh, a little less noise in here. Come on. Here we go. Okay. They can still have their fun, and you'll still hear them. It's just going to be a little more muffled. So, the... What happens is he was directing the House led by the Oversight Committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry. So September 12th, 2023, two days before Rosh Hashanah, because it starts today at sundown, this is the 14th, 
September 12th, 2023, two days before Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year begins on the Hebrew calendar, entering the year 5784. An impeachment inquiry is opened on the heels of Rosh Hashanah and coming into the 50-year marker of Watergate. Okay, so we're coming into that 50th year in January. So on the heels of this, we see this beginning to form. So we have two presidents being hunted at the same time for very different reason. Okay, oh, we're getting word they aren't too loud, that, that the birds were not too loud. <laughs> On everybody's end, but it's good. They get some flight time now, which is nice. Okay. So we have two presidents being hunted at the same time for very different reasons. Or attempting to be hunted. The hunters shall become the hunted. Now, November 26, 2019, we have to go over a few of these prophecy excerpts to understand this better. There was a word from the Lord given. I'm going to give you an excerpt from that word. This is almost four years old, uh, this word. They are not the ringmaster, says the Lord. They are indeed the fools and the clowns in a very convoluted charade that has been put on display to open the eyes wide of the people. And yanking up by the root for all to see the true motivation of these false excavations that the enemy's agents have taken part in a witch hunt where they shall now become the hunted for dare attempting to hunt my children down and take them down, says the Lord of hosts. How dare they? The hunter shall now become the hunted and the hunted are moving on and soaring to glory and shall be above and not beneath. I am preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies and those who have persecuted you, says the Lord. Truly, you shall eat the meal of victory. For the time has come for my children to break through and break away from the cycles and tricks and backdoor shackles the enemy has attempted to use to keep them from continuing in my plan for where we are at now and what is going to take place is such a threat to his kingdom, kingdom of the enemy, and the propaganda he cycles out that he has attempted to find any way in through anyone around you to oppress, depress, drain, and siphon from you not only the blessings of the Lord, but the spiritual gifts that cause you to thrive. However, I'm getting the enemy by the hall of his leg and putting him out of joint where they cannot latch on or chain my children any longer. For by force of my word, that's capitalized, those shackles are breaking, those holds are weakening, and those attempting to hinder and oppose what I know is best for my children will by force be moved out of the way and put in a position where they cannot as easily meddle or attempt to override my agenda with a falsified one that the enemy and his merry band of familiar spirits have convinced those around you that certain things are of concern when they are not even on my radar for your life now, says the Lord. Now we go to September 14th, 2020. 
The hunt is on, says the Lord. The hunt is on. The hunter shall suddenly switch in the blink of an eye and become the hunted. For I, the Lord God, am reversing the current. I am reversing the current. For many are attempting to create a current that runs opposing Almighty God, that opposes the people of God, a raging river of a current. Rage being the key word, my children. There is an attempted advance of a raging river, and raging rivers are bumpy. They are furious. However, I, the Lord, starting Rosh Hashanah, shall bring forth strategic events that shall begin to reverse the current, the rapids. Okay. Jump to April 7th, 2023. The persecuting spirit has been sent forth with force to intimidate the people through events unfolding in your nation. Those who grin at such, what a sad and pathetic group, says the Lord. They shall find themselves flat on their backs. Those grins will not last for long as they think they have hunted down prey. The hunter shall become the hunted. This will echo in this season once again. It has gone forth. However, the hunters have set themselves up to become prey, for they shall be hunted down by their own agendas, by their own accusations, by their own weapons of destruction, that they shall lose control of these beasts and they shall become the hunted for what they have done. That was April 7th, 2023. So now that the Lord has repeated it, after such a block of time, we know it is imminent. Okay, we know some of these things coming now are imminent. Also, October 6, 2020, which is also encroaching on three years, this word had been given. This is the Clash of the Titans word. And the what basically i remember i remember very clearly giving this word and where i gave it i was up uh in the catskill mountains when i had given this word from the lord and it we see the culmination of it now it began after the 2020 election we are seeing the culmination of this now so this is what it says the enemy is asking to sift those in leadership and their families like wheat. However, I, the Lord God, have not allowed him his full request. However, I am allowing a certain amount of events to take place in order to humble those before me who truly need to, in all sincerity, surrender. Surrender truly right now in this hour, my children, will cause a retreat on the part of the enemy. For in surrender, the arrows and attacks of the wicked fall to the ground. For in surrendering to the will of the Father truly means you are casting off all legal entry, for the enemy and his access is denied. For I am the righteous judge, and when I say no, that's capitalized, there is not a power or principality in any realm that can challenge that. For I am the one true living almighty God who sits on the throne and rules and reigns forevermore, says the Lord of hosts this day. My children, you are entering some turbulence, and it may feel bumpy and uneasy. Things may get tossed about, all capitals. However, I, the Lord your God, am still navigating you through, and this pocket of turbulence is just that. I, the Lord, shall lead you through such events where you will see much shaking occurring as events unfold and take place. 
There shall be a clash of the titans in Washington, D.C., the likes of which has never been seen. Historic, says the Lord of hosts this day. However, in clashes, there shall come forth casualties and there shall be those exposed in both parties who have been liaisons for wicked interests of foreign entities, says the Lord of hosts this day. Both parties, that's capitalized. And a core shall arise and come forth. A core that fights and stands for truth. My capital word of truth, says the Lord. My truth shall go forth in the mist and expose a chain gang of players, all working together to overthrow not only the foundation of the United States of America, but, that's capitalized, all sense of morality and faith in God. They are looking for a demolition, says the Lord, and a demolition they shall receive upon their own heads. Watch and see, says the Lord of hosts this day. Now it gets even better. Same word. The trumpet will sound, the trumpet will sound. In the mist, the trumpet will sound, says the Lord. For I, the Lord, am making an unexpected move that will catch the enemy, his alliance, and those involved in the darkest of dealings off guard, off kilter. A surprise attack, that's capitalized, shall pierce and puncture their plans. They will draw their own blood for those spirits they have been conjuring and calling upon are out for blood and highly competitive, my capital children. This is where you shall see the most shocking infighting occurring within groups. There is one major player in particular who shall publicly fall fast and hard, branded for what they are, says the Lord of hosts this day. A rival nominee shall arise, a false convert, one who would do the bidding of the wicked on the bench. Watch for this name to be dropped. There will be an unprecedented counter on the part of the corrupt that will infuriate their own party and shake even more from their slumber. Do not prematurely judge Miss Barrett, for I, the Lord, have her on the potter's wheel, and I, the Lord, am molding her. Remember, Saul at one point was far from Paul. And I, the Lord, did an incredible work. And I, the Lord, say, the quick pharisaical judgments of her must end. For I, the Lord God, shall write my word on her heart. And I, the Lord, shall speak to her and call her by name and mold her into a vessel to be filled overflowing with my wisdom. For I, the Lord God, use whom I please. If I, the Lord God, can use a donkey to speak to a wayward wizard, he's talking about Balaam, I surely can use whomever I please to carry forth what I, the Lord God, intend to do. At one point in time, a woman, a woman was a judge of Israel. That was Deborah. I, the Lord God, am the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are in a unique time. My children, that requires unique measures for I, the Lord God shall and will have my way. And the end part is the quiverful shall become quiverless and the word treason that's capitalized shall come forth. Now, what's so fascinating about this word, Amy Comey Barrett was the last vote cast to overturn Roe versus Wade. Now this is 2020, this word is given. October of 2020. She was the last vote, I believe, that was cast in the Supreme Court that overturned Roe versus Wade. So the Lord back then 
was pointing at this, was pointing at this, saying, don't prematurely judge because he had plans for this to occur. So the clash of the Titans. Now, I think we only saw part of the clash. I think the rest of the clash is coming now. So I think this word was looking into the future of where we are now and what they're uncovering with the Biden family and what is happening and, and, and the hunters becoming the hunted. And all of this is now culminating now years later. All glory be to God. Now, let's go back to Second Kings to explore further. Because there's a lot more to explore in this that is fascinating. Second Kings chapter 9, verses 21 through 26. Then Joram said, get ready. And they made his chariot ready. Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, went out, each in his chariot. And they went out to meet Jehu. So let's we're going back to Jehu now. And found him in the property of Naboth the Jezreelite. So judgment has come to that property for the blood that was shed. So the, to the ones who did it, basically, he's standing on that property as a sign that the justice of God and that judgment has come for the, for the illegal activity that occurred. When Joram saw Jehu, he said, is it peace, Jehu? Because they knew he was a wild man. And he answered, what peace, so long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. So Joram reigned about and fled and said to Ahaziah, there is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew his bow with his full strength. And shot Joram between his arms, and the arrow went through his heart, and he sank in his chariot. Then Jehu said to Bidkar, his officer, take him up and cast him into the property of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. For I remember when you and I were riding together after Ahab, his father, that the Lord laid this oracle against him. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says the Lord. And I will repay you in this property, says the Lord. Now then take and cast him into the property according to the word of the Lord. So Jehu is a character here that fears the Lord in one way. He's a wild man in another way. Okay, so he he in a way reverences the word of the Lord, but he's not totally sold out to the Lord. Now, so this happens now as a sign. Okay, Second Kings chapter nine verses twenty nine through thirty six. Now, in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahaziah became king over Judah. When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. So now Jezebel knows her son is dead and what has happened. And she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out the window. As Jehu entered the gate, 
she said. Is it well, Zimri, your master's murderer? Then he lifted up his face to the window and said, who is on my side? Now, the interesting part about this is it's happening in a window, which we're going to get into a window of time. This is happening in a window. And two or three officials looked down at him. Now, a side note here to understand. Jezebel painting her eyes and adorning her head was significant because she was getting on her high priestess of Baal garb to engage Jehu. So she was she was putting on the full high priestess garb of Baal to engage him, okay? Thinking that that, that Baal was going to answer on her behalf and vindicate her. So she calls, she has the nerve to call Jehu a murderer after what she did. This is called deflection. She's accusing him of murder, but she shed innocent blood. Joram was not innocent by any means. And so because of the line he came from, because of the Baal worship, because of the abominations and blasphemies towards God, he was not innocent. So Joram being killed and put in Naboth's vineyard was the vindication for the shedding of the innocent blood that Jezebel and Ahab caused. So Jezebel is accusing Jehu of being a murderer when really she is the one who, stand, who stands accused in the high courts of heaven of murder, blasphemy, child sacrifice, shedding of innocent blood, the death of Naboth, and we can go on. Verse 33, he said, so he says to the officials, Jehu, throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses and he trampled her underfoot. When he came in, he ate and drank. So he does all of this, and then he comes in and he decides he's going to have a meal. This is why Jehu is such a, an interesting um, individual. And he said, see now to this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter, because Jezebel's marriage to Ahab was completely political. It was completely political to align two nations. That should have never been a line, by the way. They went to bury her, but they found nothing more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Why the palms of her hands? I'm going to, okay. When they would, first of all, with the palms of her hands, she worshiped Baal. With the palms of her hands, she wrote the forged letter in Ahab's name to kill Naboth. With the palms of the hands is where they would, with these idols, the, on the palms of their hands, they would do horrible things to children. So it's interesting that the palms are left as a sign of what she did. Verse 36, therefore they returned and told him, and he said, this is the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant, Elijah the Tishbite, saying, 
in the property of Jezreel, the dog shall eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the corpse of Jezebel will be as dung on the face of the field in the property of Jezreel. So they cannot say this is Jezebel. Jezebel had to die in the area where she forged the letter committing fraud to shed the innocent blood of Naboth in the area where children were sacrificed, in the area where she worshipped Baal, in the area where atrocities were committed. That is where judgment was carried down for her to be removed. And so where the land scandal was forged, the land scandal of Naboth was forged, judgment came upon her. Second Kings 10.10 10. Know then that there shall fall to the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke through his servant Elijah. So Jehu killed all who remained of the house of Ahab and Jezreel and all his great men and acquaintances and his priests. And until he left him without a survivor, which was part of the word of the Lord that Elijah the Tishbite had delivered. Now, this is where it's going to get even more interesting. See, we have to keep setting, we have to keep setting the, the, the course for this. Okay. So one goes into the other here. Second Kings chapter 10, verse 36. Now the time which Jehu reigned over Israel and Samaria was 28 years. 28 years. So after killing Joram, Jezebel, and all the survivors of Ahab, there was a 28-year reign of Jehu as king. Now, after doing a lot of research about all of this being put together, the Lord showing me things, me, me seeing some, some things that helped me put these things together from the book, The Pool and the Portal, that, that Robin Bullock wrote, and the Josiah Manifesto that uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn wrote. This is where this all culminates. All of this meaning, and 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 then from there, the fifty years with the fifty years with Watergate, and the fifty years, uh, you know, that we have encroaching in twenty twenty four, and so on. So you have twenty eight years that he reigned. The enemy lost 28 years, okay, and wants it back. Or should I say he wants to seize it and jump us forward 28 years to usurp the schedule and timing of Almighty God that goes back to this 28-year reign, I believe, of Jehu and goes forward into what we're going to talk about now. In 2024, it will be 28 years since the second term of the Clintons began. The first was 1992. The second was 1996. 1996 is where the impeachment happened, and we'll get into that. So we've got 28 years from the last term of the Clintons to 2024. We've got 50 years coming into 2024 from Watergate. So 
during the time of the Clintons, abortions were very much increased, as in the time of Jezebel and Ahab. I know. Isn't, isn't that it just, isn't that picture, doesn't that just say it all? There was a land scandal. There was a land scandal in the time of the Clintons. The Whitewater scandal was a real estate controversy that came to public attention in the 1990s and involved former President Bill Clinton and his wife Hillary along with their associates. So Whitewater was a land development venture that turned into a failed investment. And after a series of lengthy investigations that was famously led by independent counsel Kenneth Starr, the Clintons were never formally charged with a crime. Now, Jezebel was never formally, neither was Ahab, charged with a crime in the kingdom. The ruling came down from the high courts of God and was carried out by someone who was anointed to be king who wasn't yet king, okay? Although several of their Whitewater associates, associates fared quite differently because there were people charged in this. This land scandal was also connected to the death of a man who was Vince Foster. His death, they had initially ruled a suicide, but then they, they found a resignation letter torn in 27 pieces. Um, they found some other ex, uh, uh, evidence. They had handwriting experts coming in um, saying that this was not his handwriting. The DOJ said they found a smudge palm print, uh, but not a fingerprint. Now think about this for a minute a palm print. They found a smudged palm print. What was left of Jezebel? The palms of her hands. And they find a smudged palm print on this note, but no fingerprints. They found the palms of Jezebel's hands. Interesting. So the DOJ was confirming the handwriting as Foster's, but multiple handwriting experts said it was a forgery. This is forged. This was forged by someone who just knows how to forge checks. This is not Foster's handwriting. And then it began to be questioned whether this was a suicide at all, but whether this was really murder um, to... Um, shut people up from this from this land scandal getting out further a forgery so the handwriting experts are saying this letter is a forgery there is a palm print on it and it's a forgery what did jezebel do she forged a letter and signed it acting as if ahab wrote it and signed it and made it look as if it was from the king. That was fraud, and that's a forgery. First Kings 21, verses 8 through 10. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal, and sent letters to the elders and to the nobles who were living with Naboth in his city. Now she wrote in the letter saying, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth at the head of the people, and seat two worthless men before him men who can be bought by money to lie about things that never happened and let them testify against him saying you cursed God and the king 
then take him out and stone him to death. Like Ahab really cares about anybody cursing God when he's worshiping Baal and killing children. And his wife is the PR person for this. Like he really cares about people cursing God. So we have these events that are running parallel. Also to note, a total lunar eclipse took place on Thursday, April 4th, 1996. The first of two total lunar eclipses in 1996, which was the beginning of the Clinton second term. The other being on Friday, September 27th. So the first was April 4th, 1996. The other was Friday, September 27th. The moon passed through the center of the Earth's shadow. And then we get into Passover. That was that year, April 11th, 1996. So the first eclipse that year, lunar eclipse, was April 4th, 1996. Seven days separate the eclipse from Passover. That year that the Clintons took office for a second term. The year that he was impeached. We have this happen. September 27th eclipse was 12 days after Rosh Hashanah ended. 12 is the number of government and rule. So a total eclipse is coming to North America on Monday, April 8th, 2024. And I've spoken about this. The lunar eclipse when the Clintons was in office was two in one year. So we have two eclipses both taking place in April, one April 4th, 1996, the other April 8th, 2024, which equals 28 years. You can't make this stuff up. The lunar eclipse, April 4th, 1996, the total eclipse, April 8th, 2024, equals 28 years. The amount of time that Jehu reigned the, um, after he destroyed the house of Ahab and Jezebel, the amount of time from the Clinton start a second term till the election of 2024, you can't make this stuff up. The reign of Jehu's kingship, the amount of time the enemy tried to steal and jump forward was 28 years. The lunar eclipse of 1996 in April took place one week before Passover. The total solar eclipse of 2024 is taking place two weeks from Passover. One week is seven days. Two weeks is 14 days. 14 is double. It is double sevens. The total eclipse taking place is 20 in 2024 is taking place double the amount of time from Passover that the lunar eclipse took place in, in April of 1996. Bill Clinton was impeached December 19th, 1996. Eight months later, he's impeached. So this election cycle will be on the brink of the 28-year mark of that impeachment as well. This election cycle 
is going to be on the brink of the 28-year mark from when Clinton was impeached. Trump was first impeached, President Trump, by the House in 2019 over Ukraine. But the Senate voted in 2020 to acquit. January 13th, 2021, he's impeached for a second time. Double. Clinton was impeached one time. They tried to impeach Trump two times. Why? They are trying to preserve this window of time, this gap, this 28 years that it, the Lord is going to, it looks like, close off and reset things and, and the clock of time back in order. So we have Clinton be, being impeached once, Trump being impeached twice, double. We have the first lunar the first lunar eclipse of 1996, one week before Passover. We have the total eclipse of 2024, two weeks before Passover, double. So there is a theme of returning double and also returning a double wage for what the wicked have done. Something must be rectified that began before the Clintons last term that led to the electing of Barack Obama. That should not have happened. The church was taken off guard. The church was not prepared. This was where the enemy was going to make his move and try to shoot us 28 years into the future and get ahead of the schedule and the times and the seasons of God. And because we have now seen the arising of another Naboth's vineyard, a land scandal during a time of an Ahab, Biden, Hawaii, Maui, the Jehu-like character, who I would call Trump a sort of a Jehu, that began his term in 2016. It all comes down to 2024. Jehu was anointed first, and then he was sent to destroy the house of Ahab Jezebel and tear down the altars of Baal. The altar of Baal in this nation has not been completely torn down and defeated. The job has not been finished. And prophetically, it needs to be finished. It began with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. That was the beginning of the tearing down of the altars of Baal. That was, yes, the start of it. That was when Amy Coney Barrett, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, cast the last vote that overturned it. And interestingly enough, I discovered from Jonathan, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn's book that Amy Coney Barrett was born during the time abortion was legalized. So in the middle of the killing of babies, she's born. And if you go back to Egypt, in the middle of the killing of babies, Moses is born. So it's just the the, the parallels are fascinating. And I and I I discovered this from his book. 
And this is going to lead in, I am sure, to what we are going to talk about next week. So this is is wonderful because this is going to lead one right into the other here. So we have Jehu, who was a sort of a wild man, who was assigned to tear down the altars of Baal. You have King Josiah, who tore down the altars of Baal. The word of God said there was none, no king like him before and no king like him ever after. He turned himself completely to God in every way and destroyed everything foul in the land. Everything, household idols, altars of Baal, false God, high places, you name it, he destroyed it. Jehu ripped down everything to do with Baal. And he reigned 28 years. This is why Satan, the demonic realm, and his agents are fighting so hard to prevent that job from being finished. This is why you see indictments. This is why you see shaking. This is why you see Hillary resurfacing in the middle right before a hurricane named Hillary, who is boasted as being a Category 4, gets downgraded to a tropical storm. This is why you're seeing the eclipses. We're on the cusp of the 50-year jubilee of of Watergate. This is why you see we're on the 28-year marker coming into the election from the second term of the Clintons when Clinton was impeached. This is why the enemy and his agents are fighting so hard in the demonic realm is to prevent the job from being finished and keep that gap of time open so they can jump ahead. And keep a portal of time open that the church was meant to close before the election of Barack Obama. The church was meant to close it. And the church wasn't equipped and taken off guard. And it happened. So now is the chance and the opportunity of the church to rise up and say, this portal of time is getting closed and the Lord is going to set it back to the time and schedule it should be. This is what needs to happen. And all of this is culminating in a crescendo on a crash course together for 2024. You cannot make this stuff up. And entering the year 5784 today, and it being the Feast of Trumpets, this Rosh Hashanah is more crucial than any other in a long time. It is crucial for Israel. It is crucial for the United States of America because we're connected by a vein in the realm of the spirit. It is crucial. And what happens in 2024 is crucial for the survival of both nations to be on the appropriate time clock that God has scheduled not the enemy. And the church needs to be wide awake to this right now and use the authority of the believer to intercede so the high courts of God judge these matters and these judgments come down at their appointed time. So I'll leave you with that thought. Praise the Lord. I feel the Lord all over this. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so excited about having Jonathan Khan on next week because because some of this is going to tie right in 
I believe, to that interview. One's going to tie right into the other. So we will announce, mark your calendars for that. It's going to be this coming Monday. Rabbi Jonathan will be with us. It will probably be a continuation of some of this. Uh, and so we're looking very forward to that. So God bless everyone. Keep the faith. Lashana Tova to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there. A sweet new year to all of you. Because it takes me so long to chew apples and honey, I'm not going to do that again. But a sweet new year to all of you. And keep the faith. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter 6. Psalm 91 every single day. That is like a contract that has so much power in it. Speaking it and releasing it and activating it. The Lord's prayer, the order of that prayer is what's important. And stay close to the Lord. Dig into his word right now. Draw under his wing. Let him lead you and guide you right now. So you have eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit has to say. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. And we will see you next week with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. And I have to tell you something, they work. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out. And wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. If you are looking for an excellent doctor, if you are looking to get healthier, if you are looking to understand why the things in your body operate the way they do, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood of the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma are there to help you with all of your medical needs. In fact, I am a patient of the Functional Medical Institute. And God bless Dr. Sherwood because Chris was a tough nut to crack on this. But after over a year and a half, Chris is finally on board. He is a patient of Dr. Sherwood's and him listening and, and implementing what Dr. Sherwood has taught him has made a difference in his life. So if you are interested and curious as to what they do, if you'd like to make an appointment, if you'd like to see what products they have, because they have some amazing products, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. Thank you. You want to support an amazing patriot that's doing so much for our country and be a blessing. You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARC 
ARK to save up to 66% or sometimes more off of all my pillow products. They are so much more than just pillows. They have amazing bathrobes, they have sheets, they have slippers, they of course have pillows, and they even have dog beds. And I will tell you a fun fact, Noble Arcade at the Animal Sanctuary that many of you know and love has indeed slept on a MyPillow dog bed. So if you'd like to be a blessing, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARC. God bless everyone. If you are looking for advice on financial matters, if you think gold and silver is something that you should invest in, go to bh-pm.com today. Andrew Sorcini of Beverly Hills Precious Metals, who's been on Ark of Grace many times. He loves to answer our viewer questions. In fact, he's answered all sorts of questions about gold, silver, the markets, even the real estate market he's been kind enough to answer questions about. So if you would like more information, if this is something you would like to invest in, please go to bh-pm.com today. That is bh-pm.com. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Grace. I'm here to talk to you today about this incredible product that I use every day called Power Team. It is 130 raw superfoods. And I have to tell you, it is one of the most amazing products I have ever used. I take it every day. It helps me with energy. It helps feed my cells at the cellular level. It helps me with clarity and focus. It helps with so many things and functions in your body, including your gut as well. So if you would like to learn more about this product, if you would like to learn the 130 raw superfoods that are in this product, please go to the link below or you could go to arcofgrace-ministries.com and go to our shop section and you will find Power Team there as well. Thank you, everyone. If you would like to grow your own food with what we see going on right now in the world, with not only food supplies, but what they are doing to our food, you can go to amandagracegrows.com. These are amazing hydroponic growers. In fact, we have one in our parrot room, and this is an indoor one we have where you can grow food all year round, actually. Vegetables all year round. And we are doing that, actually, for our birds and our animals at our sanctuary. They also have outdoor ones. They actually yield 30% more and grow the vegetables three times faster. So if you would like to learn more, go to amandagracegrows.com. God bless. Hello everyone, it's Amanda Grace. I'm here to talk to you today about Reawaken America. I have had the honoring and humbling privilege of being able to be part of Reawaken America since the first one was had at Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma in April of 2021. I have watched so many moments happen for the glory of God at Reawaken America. We have seen people healed, delivered, set free. We love to pray for people at Reawaken America. We have had the honor of praying alongside some amazing people uh, Marty Grisham from Loudmouth Prayer, Pastor Todd Coconado, who also deals in deliverance. And we have seen people's lives changed. We have seen them set free. We have seen people who are come seeking. And the Lord says, when you seek, you shall find, and you knock, the door shall be opened unto you. They have been seeking, and those seeds get planted for the glory of God at Reawaken America. The Word of God says it is the knowledge of the truth that shall set you free. 
And this is what we are doing at Reawaken America. You get biblical truth. You get a foundation of the word of God. And you also get necessary information right now to help you understand what is going on in America and the world. And I am humbled and honored that General Flynn and Clay Clark would even let me be a part of this. And people need the word of the Lord in this hour. That is what they need. They need those who are willing to boldly stand up and with the conviction and the authority from God, speak the word of the Lord into their lives. It is a catalyst. It is life changing. And, and we praise the Lord that we have continued in this. And we hope to see you at upcoming events that are happening this year. We hope we get to pray over you at these upcoming events.